And welcome to another special edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Thank you once again. There's lots of special editions and bonus content you're getting, even more so than normal in the offseason, with some bonus episodes. And once again, with another Bearcat Roundtable discussion, building a defense for $33. And I'll go through all the players that are included and their costs and all of that good stuff. And once again, I will be joined by D2Football.com's Brandon Meisner, KKWK, KMRN in, in Cameron, Missouri, Chris Ward, and a former Bearcat punter and also a Lawson coach, longtime coach there, Clint Ross, and all those guys have seen a lot of Bearcat football. And so, uh, anyways, a lot of fun, my good buddies. If you haven't listened to the uh, the prior roundtable discussions. This is the third one. We're talking about defense. We did skill position offensive players in the offensive line and building an entire offense. This time we're building an entire defense. And we'll get into this, but I guess I wasn't exactly clear with my instructions. So we will kind of go through and and build, uh, build them position by position and use the limits within the position groups. So if you're looking at defensive line, $12 to build defensive line, $9 for linebacking core and $12 for the D backs. And uh, so there you go. You're $33 to build a defense of 11 players. And let's be honest, like <laughs> no matter if, if you spend $11 and went all on the $1 line, you're, you're, uh, you know, you got some really good, good players, Heck, there's even some good players not on the list, which, I mean, I guess is a good good problem to have. It leaves, leaves for some good discussion. Big thank you, by the way, to John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum. He has given uh, me personally <laughs> a lot of extra content here on the podcast and just a lot of fun stuff to kind of talk about in the summer months when it's a little bit slow in between kind of spring football and fall camp, media day and fall camp, of course, MIAA media day coming up July 25th. I, of course, will be there, and we'll be having a special episode later that day, and lots of interviews, audio, and uh, and fun stuff for Media Day, so kind of a tradition I started last year, and honestly, it's one of my most downloaded episodes to date, which um, is kind of surprising to me, so uh, apparently you enjoy it, there's a big demand for it, and I'm going to do it once again, so... Let's go ahead. I'm going to go over these lists, then we'll take a timeout. I'll bring the guys in, and we'll uh, start putting our teams together and talk about these lists. We'll just start on the D-line. So there's four players each, as we're picking our four players on the 5, 4, 3, 2, and $1 lines. The four players on the $5 line, Dave Tollefson, Colin Bevins, Brandon Yost, and Matt Longacre. On the $4 line, we have Sam Roberts, Steve Williams, Zach Howard, and Sean Paddock. On the $3 line, Elijah Green, Terry Bilbro, Kyle Kaiser, and Ryan Waters. On the $2 line, Dallas Flynn, Shane Shade, Spencer Phillips, and Austin Eskew. And the $1 lines, Cass Weidel, Caleb Mather, Josh Lorenzen, and Roberto Davis. I told you, you got some great players on the $1 line. For your line, linebacking core, $9. You have three, uh, five lines of three each. On the $5 line, you have Chad Kilgore, Jacob Volstead, and Ben Harness. On the $4 line, Thomas Smith, Adam Long, and DJ Nader. The $3 line is Jackson Barnes, Jared Erspommer, and Eric Reamer. 
On the $2 line, Colin DeBeiser, Willie Horn, and Ben Altoff. And on the $1 line, Brock Sherman, Troy Tisdall, and John Edmonds. And in the defensive backfield, again, you have four on each line, 5-4-3-2-1, so $12 to build the defensive backs. You have both Dixon brothers, Brandon and Brian, on the $5 line, along with Ryan Jones and Miles Burnsides. The $4 line is Marcus Jones, Bryce Inyard, Nate DeYoung, and Kevin Berg. On the $3 line, Anthony Lane, Daryl Ridley, Blake Bayer, and Jared Fox. On the $2 line, Gabe Helms, Dias Calbert, Ryan Miller, and Jack Young. And the $1 line, Travis Manning, Brandon Clayton, Quentin Womack, and Eddie Ritchie. So there you go. There's your players to choose from. So I'm going to take a quick timeout. I'll bring back Brandon, Chris, and Clint. We'll kind of go through the list. This is a long one, so strap in, get ready, and we'll be right back with more next here on Bleeding Green. Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. It's, uh, you know, the Bearcats of the roundtable, as we say. Now we've got defense to talk about, joined by Chris Ward, Brandon Meisner, Clint Ross, all again. Gentlemen, hey, thanks for... uh, getting together again and and uh, reliving some great Bearcat memories and talking about a lot of great players. I think we're all kind of excited to talk about defense. I think we are. And, I, you know, things have been going so poorly for me that I'm ready to talk about something more optimistic. And certainly this defense is one of those things. Oh, so oh. many good players, so few dollars. Indeed. Yep. So we've got $33 to spend on 11 players, but I want to do it a little bit differently. I want to kind of talk about the position groups. It seems like we didn't get to talk as much about the players um, this last time. So I want to start with defensive line and I want to talk about kind of where you see value at for guys, maybe guys that were weren't ranked as highly as you thought they could have been. Um, I'll, I'll start. Um, I, one guy that I think is is Steve Williams, and I know his Bearcat career didn't end in a way that that probably brings him a lot of glory um, the, with the way the 05 season ended and everything and his, and his, his on-field career ended. But, I mean, the guy was an absolute stud. I mean, if there's ever a $5 player, I think, I think you could easily make the argument that he's, a, uh, that he's a $5 player and not on the four line. I don't know. What, I think do, you, what do you guys think? I think your evaluation of that is correct. I bet you uh, a majority of Bearcat fans couldn't even tell you that he played for Northwest, you know, because it ended unceremoniously. He played, you know, 2004, he had a good year. And in 2005, he was injured a lot and eventually shut it down to try to be a professional football player, which he did end up being a professional football player uh, for a number of years. Uh, but he, he's not beloved in Bearcat Lord, and then he's not talked about a lot. Uh, and I think I think that's a perfect evaluation of where he is on the the uh, the Bearcat hierarchy in terms of both remembrance and value. Yeah, you don't you don't even hear his teammates talk about him, you know, really. And that's kind of rare for pretty much all the different eras that that you don't hear that. But um, as you'll see when uh, the the graphic comes out on social media. 
his uh, uniform is different than everybody else that's on there. And uh, the reason for that is, is his uh, talent was uh, very obvious and apparent to the people at the next level. Yeah, I think Brandon's right. You don't really remember him because of that senior year with the injuries and everything. But, man, his, his junior year was you – know, you look back and kind of remember it and remember the offseason. He was one of those guys you pointed to of like, man, he's coming out of his senior year. This is one of those guys we're really going to be – you know, we were hyped up about. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he easily could have been a $5 value. Well, in 04, I think he was the only – I was looking this up, but I don't have it in front of me. But I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly. He was unanimous first-team All-MIAA. And I don't even think Adam Long, who won Defensive Player of the Year, was unanimous first team MIAA. So, I mean, that tells you how good. I think he was the only player on defense that year in, in the whole conference that was unanimous first team all conference. Uh, there, there, there was a reason why, you yeah. know, he was, uh, you, you know, in, in Division Two, we sometimes uh, have some undersized player, and that means underheighted players as well, too. So you see a lot of... Uh, Six foot two DNs. You know, Northwest has been lucky that the DNs have had a lot of length, but Steve Williams is six foot two, working at two ninety five in the middle, and so it was a he looked different, um, like other good players that played the MIAA. Um, Brandon Williams from Missouri Southern on the interior, uh, he looked different than the rest of the guys out there. That's that that was evident going to a game or going to a practice. Well, where do you guys kind of see value on this list, guys that you maybe you think are a little, little undervalued or or could definitely, you know, be worth more than the line they're on? Chris, I'll I'll start with you. Uh, the one that kind of jumped off the page at me, and I know you don't want to get into our teams. But one I I took because of the value is Cass Whittle. I thought at one dollar, uh, given what he did as a senior and his experience and the way he played. Uh, had a good combination of size and speed at $1. I think you, you, you mm-hmm. get a steal for that kind of player at a $1 line. Um, that That's one that kind of just jumped off the page on the D line to me. Clint, what about you? I think staying on the $4 line, um, you know, Sam Roberts being there, I, I think if you, if you ask coach Wright's opinion, and I'm obviously putting words in his mouth here, I mean, Listen to him talk when Sam was even being recruited and, you know, before he ever even played, I was at the, the golf tournament. And I remember, I remember coach Wright's words were, we have this guy coming in and if I don't screw him up, he's going to be one of the best that's ever played here. And, and I don't think there's any doubt that he was and, and maybe, maybe is. And, uh, I think his career is just getting started, you know, right. at the next level. And so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But honestly, what I would say about all of these is it really kind of comes down to like, for me, at least as I picked this and then I picked it again and then I picked it again, <laughs> it almost like became who was my favorite players. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And then sometimes then you get into a little bit of recency bias or like when when I was able to be around the team a little bit more than like maybe right. as my career changed and I only could come to games. You know, there was a time where I could get to a little bit more stuff and see scrimmages and and stuff. And so I felt a little bit more compelled to pick those guys and then make my roster work. But you can make this fit so many different ways that there's value on every line, 
for all these guys. And like every one of them, there's a story that you could look back at. I mean, how many great plays did Shane Shade make in his career? I mean, you could just yep. you could just mm-hmm. start listing them off. And and he's in the two dollar line. I mean, depending on your preference, he could be a couple of lines higher. And you know, you you picked one of mine, Brandon, that I would definitely say at least for one game, there's never been a better one than him for that one game that that he had at at uh, Sporting Kansas City. You know, at the at the in the national championship game, Cass Weidel was the yep. Buster was, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good day to have that kind of game too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and it was so important because Bevins was hurt too. Exactly. Right? Yep. You know what I mean? Like that one, it was clutch and it was big stage, but I mean, you needed it. You needed it in that game. And, and, uh, and yeah. he wasn't healthy. I mean, I don't think I, I think he did it despite being banged up himself. I mean, well, so. and I love Cass's story too. Cause if you think back, he kind of got pressed in as a, I believe as a freshman or a sophomore, he got pressed into that playoff game and they kind of against one of the Minnesota schools. I don't remember which, uh, that ran the option and they just ran it at him over and over. And the poor kid was struggling and he, he was struggling with the quarterback read and everything and then dedicated himself to get better at it. Like he acknowledged it and verbally said, Hey, I want to get better at this. And it did and turned himself into what he ended up as a senior. I mean, it was, it was a pretty amazing to, to kind of watch that process of him. The number of coaches on this list too. I mean, even D line guys that became coaches at the high school and collegiate level is, is amazing. So, you know, it's not just physical talent, but these guys are all so smart and were coached so well that, um, you know, she's, this greatness everywhere. Brandon, what about you? What about where do you uh, see some, maybe some, some good value? Well, I'm glad that they went first because I was going to clear the board for them. You know, I think, you know, everybody else here is a much more, uh, not politically correct, but much more positive person than me when it comes to evaluating this. Uh, but this is overwhelmingly good. This position. Um, yeah. There are players that are that are justifiably like a two dollar player. That would be a five dollar player anywhere else, and that is not an exaggeration. That is that is the truth in this position group. Um, I had the you know best value Terry Bilbro at a three dollars a great value as is Kyle Kaiser. I mean those are those are Kyle Kaiser was a first team All American. And he's a $3 player. Now, some of the All-American awards are based upon team success and who were the other guys that played that year. For instance, you know, if you're if you're the, a great quarterback, but Tom Brady's the starter on the other team, you might not get first team. So, But Kyle Kaiser's a first-team All-American and justifiably, I think, on the $3 line. Um, Shane Shade, as Clint said, incredible. $2 player. Dallas Flynn as a $2 D end. That's, that's stupid. He would be an all time great at little, not an exaggeration. 98% of the rest of D two schools. He'd be a, a an all time great. There's going to, there are going to be a handful of schools that maybe he would not, but, but that's how deep that position group is. Um, so those are three guys that I had. Uh, that were mentioned, as is Josh Lawrenson. He was not like a first-team All-American or anything, but you know, because we're looking to to, to create a, a squad with a budget, 
he was certainly a consideration for me because he's only one dollar. You know, Berto Davis, good one dollar. I think, but I think Cat, uh, Cass Weidel, uh, even if he doesn't have the stats, we're talking about the talent and the and the, and the ability. That's the best one dollar player you're going to find on any of these lists. Uh, that we that at least that we've seen so far, eh, and then I can remember. But who knows? I'm getting thousand years old. You start to forget things. But uh, Cass is a heck of a one dollar uh, defensive lineman. I mean, wow. Well, well okay, Matt, so- immediately you went to that four five line. You could really draw the four and five line. Base those those eight guys that he's got on those those two lines. You could basically draw those out of a hat and put them in any one of those spots and not be wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I I don't think I certainly don't think Paddock can play inside, uh, but he would certainly not be a wrong answer as an as a as an edge. Um, Yost probably could not play outside, but and Steve Williams is marginal. But if you look at it, Roberts and Howard both played on the edge and inside. Some of it was scheme. And then Bevins did the same thing. Dave played inside in the NFL. Yeah. Passing Dave Tolleson. Yeah, that's passing. what I was going to say is Dave played nothing but D end in college, but in the pros he played he played uh, five technique a lot, three techniques some. So yes, yeah. agreed. So so yes, I think you're you're mostly right, Chris. And it's just, I mean that that's that's ridiculous. I mean if you yeah. look at that, if you look at that, look at the, Three of those defensive ends made NFL rosters, all right? The rumor is Colin Bevins probably would have if he hadn't been injured. So, I mean, that is that is stupid. That That is absolutely ridiculous that in, you know, that short a period of time for a Division II school to have that kind of success. Dave had a heck of a uh, an NFL career. Long Anchor has Super Bowl ring. Sam Roberts' career is not over. And I think the sky's the limit for him. You know, obviously, when you're talking about the NFL, you're talking about the best players on the planet. And, you know, he, he probably will never be an all-pro. But every year you play in the NFL proves what kind of player you are. And that, you know, it's it's one of the best, what, 80, you know, whatever, however many inside, the, you know, players in, in the world. So, and, and he is one of them. It, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's uh, let's talk about let's stay with D line, but let's talk about maybe guys that could be on the list that aren't. And I mean, it's it's tough, you know, for me to really kick any of these guys off. But I mean, I think I'll I'll, I'll start it. I mean, to me, Tyler Roach. That's, um, that's, yep. I mean, I, I think you could make a pretty yep. good argument to put him on the three dollar line. Like I, that's how I that's that's the one that I look is like. Eh, I mean, I don't. I don't think you boot Kyle Kaiser. I like I like Kaiser a lot, um, right. and Bill Bro was really good too. I mean, it's, it's no insult to any of those guys, but I mean, Tyler Roach was really good. I mean, we all remember the Central Washington block extra point, of course, but like, but that wasn't it. I mean, he he was just he was a, a great player. Well, anyway, go ahead, Brandon. You were no, no. I think I think like he's the name that I have written down as well. Me too. Tyler Roach uh, that could could have been on there. But it, it, I think if he's going to be on there, though, it's going to be – he's a similar player to Josh Lawrenson. I think he would have been, like, on the $1 line. I, 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 but, you know, again, I, <laughs> I like him. That's like a, uh, not 
If, uh, like Clint said, I used to have more time to go do practices, scrimmages, and whatnot, and used to know the team better than I, than I do now. So that's a kid I like. So there's there's you know some partiality to, you know in, in me. Uh, I think he would be down there though. You know because you look, it would be more comparable to Shug to Shane Shade. Or to Spencer Phillips, was Spencer Phillips was unanimous. He was player of the year, wasn't he? Mm-hmm, he was. I mean, yep. you know, so again, this is this is ridiculously stupid. But this this is what this is a fun conversation because it's not a fun conversation when you know the top four and everybody else falls into any particular order. It's a fun conversation when you have to slot them, and there's a lot of greatness and a lot of debate to happen. That's 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 what's come. That's what comes from the 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 budget. You know, How's there it? are a lot of people online that say, well, I picked these five players on offense and they picked like Soy, Oman, Bulls. You know, they're picking all the $5 players because they didn't care about the budget. Well, that, that's that's just dumb. That That's counter, you know, counterproductive in this in this discussion. The fun of this, the reason this is fun is because you have to have a budget. Otherwise, the two top two lines are there and you're done, you know. Uh it, when it comes to this, but this is what makes us fun because this position group is great. Hey, you haven't even talked about Austin Eskew. I was and, just about to say this. How long have we talked if we haven't mentioned an Austin Eskew or an Elijah Green or those guys? We haven't even touched touched them. And those right. guys were awesome. Amazing right. players. I don't think we said Ryan Waters' name I was, either. I was going to say Ryan Waters. Yeah, he was, you know, he beat, uh, you know, he was the, the sack leader when he left. That that was, was going to be the one I, I brought up that I thought. Sorry, sorry to steal your thunder. Talk about it. Well, no, that's all right. I, I just thought that I thought that I thought he definitely could have been on the four or five dollar line for sure, and you know, is on the three. And yeah, he was the career sack leader when when he left. And you think about that, his number was up there ways, and yeah, and. So now, and, what is it? Two, three guys passed it. I mean, I, well, they've killed it in two years. I mean, I know that Tallman did. So I mean, it is crazy. I mean, it was a decent record too. I mean, it wasn't like it was. You know, there've been a lot of good players that came before him to to set it where it was. So yeah. And then I didn't talk about SQ because I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring that hometown bias in, but. Bring That's it. why I mentioned it. I'll give you a little preview. There might be a little of that later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, Brandon. So, so here's a here's a guy that I I wrote down a couple other names. Like I don't know, I, I don't know you. Like Matt Miner, good player. I don't know that he makes the list, but he's he's a to me kind of a borderline maybe one dollar player. He's um, small. That, that's that's killing him. His size was sure. You know that. That's what it hurt he was a guy. I don't. I didn't see play. He was an early two thousands player. And he, he was he's, a guy. He's definitely a guy that could have been on there. Yes, played it. I believe he played as a true freshman as well. You know, like in ninety. Yes. Okay. In ninety eight. Um, goodness gracious, my brain is not working. Who was who was the great D tackle? 98, Clint. Um, oh, good night. Uh, <laughs> he got hurt. Oh, man. Aaron Becker. Told you. Yeah, if you're about- there you go. Okay. So, Justin Bowser. Hey, shout out to Aaron Becker. Um, Aaron Becker was, you know, we were looking forward to a great 99 season from him. He got hurt. 
Justin Bowser had to play as a true freshman, I believe, to try to help make up for the absence of Aaron Becker, who then got to play in 2000 uh, because he got a medical redshirt from that year. But that was the reason Bowser played. And again, long story short, in 5,000 hours of researching, we're now here. And yes, Justin Bowser could have been a player that made it, Matt. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Kyle Sunderman is a guy who had, had a lot of playing time. He was ne- not necessarily the most. He was kind of a guy on a lot of good defensive lines, but he was a good player in his own right. Like, uh, again, I don't know that I can make a real strong case for him to be even on the $1 line, but I think he, you know, probably, probably deserves a mention. Um, what, Brandon, are you going to. You going to talk about sack? Sack? Uh, yeah, it looks like Dave didn't get him, but he. Uh, so Waters yeah, he was just, a half a sack shy of Eric Peterson, I believe, when Dave yeah. left. But I mean, he did that in two years, also. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Now Bevin's 34 is pretty impressive, and I would not have known that if you asked me who's the all-time sack leader. I would mm-hmm. not have known it was Bevins. I might have guessed Longacre, but I would not have known I've, it was. Bevins. I might have had that in my notes to talk about in my team. <laughs> perfect well uh yeah because because waters broke it i think in 06 after the year after dave left but anyway because okay. we were talking about him earlier well well let's move yeah. on yeah Are my you- timeline is incorrect so at one time dave would have had it no he was a what? half a sack shy of eric peterson who's had it since like oh okay yes okay or two okay. or something right. like that yeah. good job matt it, well, it's, it's, Eric Peterson was a guest on the podcast earlier this spring. So, well, that, that's okay. It's, it was you something can't, I, cannot, <laughs> I had I to go back and learn. I cannot tell you how much fun it is for me when I do something where I don't know the most about it, about like, you know, football stuff. It's fun when I'm like, oh, I have somebody to like actually tell me something that I didn't know. It's a joy. <laughs> so, you did, you did a dang good job. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, let's move on to linebackers, guys, and and uh, and talk kind of about this this group of linebackers. Because, so you know, when I want to talk about value, here's what I wrote down for value. You know, typically I write down a few names. Value, I wrote these words, and I quote all of them, because I mean, I don't go the one dollar line, right? I mean, do do whatever you want, however you want to put these together. I mean, there's some great guys, some some conference player of the year all Americans on this list, but I, I mean, the, the guys at the top are good, but the guys at the bottom are also really good. What do you guys think about just kind of this group of, of linebackers? Well, I, if you're looking for disagreements, we can, we can, you know, create drama, like, you know, and be like a fake political show and just take the other side. But, you know, I kind of agree with you. You know, uh, I mean, I'm sure I would differ on the value in the line that some of these guys should be on. But in terms of their ability, I think, hey, you know, they uh, they might belong on this uh, on this list. So I I, 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 I think the, the best names were probably hit, I'm, although I'm sure we'll have somebody that might have uh, that should be on there. But uh, uh, the, I just the amazing thing always to me, if you look at at linebackers at Northwest is that never do they have amazing tackle numbers. They always have really good tackle for loss numbers and sack numbers if they, if they're lined up on the outside, but never do you ever see like when you compare the rest of the conference, you know, them 
towards anywhere close to the lead for a couple of reasons. One, the amount of depth that we normally play with. Now that's been a little bit different the last few years, but you know, normally we're playing too deep and for a long time we were beating people bad enough that we were playing three deep at, mm-hmm. at all these positions. And so guys weren't getting enough reps to, to be there. But number two, the way our D line plays, um, they make a lot more plays than uh, a lot of other, other teams do. And, you know, and we play our safeties a little bit different. And I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff that, that plays into that. So you'll never see incredible tackle numbers, especially the way, uh, you know, with coach Wright's defenses that kind of skews us a little this in a way that the, especially the inside linebackers don't have some of the stats that if you look at career numbers and go back over eras, some of those guys do, but the, the quality of play is, is unbelievable here. And like you said, you could, you could start, you could just about invert this list if you had the right person defending it and, and you'd be just fine. Clint, add a number three to your list. Think of how many three and outs or, you know, maybe. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Plays to get tackles. Exactly. That's very true. Play a half. You you may have only taken 30 snaps as a defensive player. It's hard to rack up too many tackles that way. Yep. But the crazy thing is. Sorry. Go ahead, Clint. At the end of the season, who who, uh, do the coaches tend to recognize? Yep. Our guys that play half the number of snaps. That's right as others just because they're they're that dominant well in the way football has changed right where teams pass the ball so much i mean hey you talk about a three and out what about three incomplete passes you don't have a tackle right you know you don't have a tackle for loss you don't have a sack there you don't have but um you know but what's more successful than that you know the three incomplete passes and a punt when you You when you line up and try to run it and you go backwards three times and then well that's well, they a try to run it this last year. I mean, we we get to the national championship, not the national, but the national semifinals, and I mean, one of the greatest forces running the ball ever. They they were reluctant at times to try to run it against us. So yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, you guys are you guys are preaching to the choir. Defensive stats are the most ridiculously inaccurate. Yes. What I mean by inaccurate is they don't tell the story that they're trying to tell. Like Matt said, the tackles for loss and sacks are fantastic stats because you know they there's a uh, there, there's yardage that your defensive gate your defense gained and it is a field position game. Um, it is a territorial game, so th- those are fantastic. But it, you know if you have a corner, where it, it doesn't matter what it could be a linebacker covering a, a tight end. They could throw at that tight end 15 times in a drive. He makes 15 completed passes and they score a touchdown. You made the tackle every time. You had 15 solo tackles and were horrible the entire drive. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a dumb, stupid stat. Well, lots of defensive okay. stats. But, it, but, but yes, and I think Chris is correct. I think Chris's evaluation of it is is the the – the thing that that is most important is how many defensive plays did your team play? And uh, there was a, a an, an unnamed former coach at University of Central Missouri that we might know that he was wondering how does the you know the Bearcat offense um, you know score so much when their yards per play wasn't that high? 
<laughs> because they and, take over at the 30 of their opponent every day. Well, well, he finally figured it out. They were getting they were getting, you know, 99 plays a game because the other uh, offense was three and out and 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 you get the ball back and you don't have to take the chances. So, uh it it it's a big deal and you guys are, are correctly looking at why the 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 tackle st- anytime a bearcat gets in the 80s that's a heck of a tackler you know some guys in the in number 80 where other where other teams have people 130 sometimes but i also uh, call into question very many the uh, the accuracy of tackle stats of who just happened to be seen around a pile uh, there's a very famous <laughs> nfl linebacker many people think is one of the greatest all time that i will go to my grave saying was overrated because he got rated a lot of tackles just for being around the pile so uh, tackle numbers are one of those that aren't always the most accurate either yeah that's that's a really good point that's something i'll be honest i didn't even think about um <laughs> so okay so let's talk about players that could be on the list i will say i had a much longer list of uh of, of guys um go go for it what do you got on this well well i'll start us and boy where do, where do i want to start here because i have there's some there's some really good guys on here um one is is where do you put this guy would be iker amiki i mean is he Ooh. a linebacker is he a you know kind of more of a slot back? I guess more of like a defensive back. I, I don't know. I you know, I just kind of had him off to the side as a question mark. I think that he had a special name for his position, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm you're right. Thousand, I'm a thousand years old now, so things could be you know the, the wires could be getting crossed up there. But I think he actually had a special name for the position that he played. But you're exactly Ike was great. But a guy I wrote down is Matt Williamson. I mean, I think what he he only played a year. Is that right? Transferred from Iowa State. Yeah, Robertson. Matt Robertson. 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 I wrote down Robertson. Robertson. Matt Robertson. Yeah. Matt he, Robertson. Was, um, he was a guy that I would have had on this list, probably a four or five dollar guy. It, Robertson. He was fantastic for one year, the year that he was there. I value longevity on these lists, so I don't think I would have had him that high. But I think again, I mean, I th- he's he's kind of at the top there. I mean, I think there's a pretty strong argument that that you could have made to have him on have him on the list. Well, if, if that's the case, if he's not on the list, is he a zero dollar player? And I can like go change my linebackers and throw him on there. <laughs> well, that's what I wondered about about walk on guys. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, hey, my, my, you know, on on the last one, Mike Peterson, right? Well, hey, let's. Yeah. You know, he was a walk-on. Does that mean he's a zero-dollar pre- Jackson Barnes came in. I mean, he was a, he was a walk-on to Northwest. Can I move him from $3 to zero? And, um, <laughs> but anyway, I'll let Cody you guys Matthews, hop in here. And Cody Matthewson was really good. Cody Matthewson was in the, really like good. mid the mid-teens. Yep, on the 2013 um, team. I think yep. that was, uh, was, was with DJ Nader. Adam Vondrack uh, was a good player. I don't. I, he doesn't belong on this list, but he certainly deserves a mention. Uh, I, I think his foot speed would have kept him off this list. Um, uh, Phillips was pretty good. Um, old guys. Adam Crow was a, uh, a very reliable player for for Northwest for a number of years. Um, not not his brother Aaron was an All American. Adam was not as physically gifted as his older brother, but was a very productive player and the kind of guy that you need to have a successful program. 
in Division Two. You know, you know what? You know one thing that's fun about this, and I think Clint actually has some difficulty in this because he can't get he can't get his head wrapped around the fact that he doesn't have to manage the locker room. And that's what's funny about fantasy sports is you can have a clown on your team. It doesn't matter because he's not going to, you know, jack up your locker room. <laughs> it's like playing Madden. You don't have to care that he's a thug. You can just play <laughs> Yes, exactly. But, but having said that, Adam Crow is one of your locker room guys. Um, current coach, Bostwick, is a locker room guy. You know, so I, I was thinking about that earlier today, Clint, that – that it, it's funny that you really are you really do have a hard time like separating reality from the fiction that we're discussing discussing today very much i do i do but but the thing is is that they're they're all for the most part such quality character people yep that well that's why they're that's why we're as good as we are period i mean Yep. When it gets cold out, they still practice hard, and yep. and you know that's that's the key. I mean, it is, and we're yep. still practicing also when it's cold out. Exactly, a lot of teams. Yep. Oh, well, Billy Bodler was pretty good too. Well, yeah. he's not on the list, you know, but but Billy was pretty good. Um, Hess was yeah. good. Anyway, I was I just say, naming everybody at this point. Yeah, Jeez. Nick Hess. I was gonna say Andy Hessler was pretty yeah. good. Go back to the early two thousands, like Andy Krieger. The guy that probably people really don't ever talk about. I would have had him on my list. Or Grant like Sutton, him. maybe. Um, yeah, no, I would not have had him on the list. Um, he would have been he was like one of the guys who would be a locker room guy, but wasn't like physically gifted. A little mm-hmm. little slower, a little slower step. Kind of like honestly, kind of like Adam Vondrack. You know, Adam Vondrack was a little slower. Um, having said that, Jared Erspalmer wasn't exactly the fastest guy in the world, and he's an all-American, so it, you know, your brain can make up for the lack of speed, at the too. Time, I was saying Sutton and Vondrak always seem to be in the right place at the right time in a big situation, too. Well, that, that's the brain kicking right. in. Yeah. You know? But at the time Erspalmer played, mm-hmm. he was a fast, fast linebacker. We just hadn't had the lightning fast guys yet. <laughs> I mean, it was still to come. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, he was a sideline to sideline guy. It might what? have been with brains and – uh, it, was, it was brains. It was definitely brains. But yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? He, it was kind of like he showed us the way of like, whoa, if we can do that, what would a guy that ran two tenths <laughs> on the 40 faster? I mean, it was almost Ur- like he became the prototype. Erspommer was like a linebacking genius. This all came very easy to him and he just understood or savant or however you want to look at it. But he he was he was fantastic. One more name I didn't mention, and he's Maryville guy Evan Wilmus. He was a three year starter, even. Yeah, he was. Yep. Okay. And again, I I don't know. Like I I I'm not saying there's a strong case that he's on the team, but again, he's one of those really really good solid guys that that uh, you know could maybe maybe sneak in. All right. Anything else on the linebackers before we move to the to the back end? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. T- I'm gonna take that I'm gonna take that as a no. All right, um, so I, I kind this is kind of where I started with my team, and I'll, I'll talk about this when we reveal our teams here at the end, reveal our defenses because I saw a lot of value in the defensive backfield, kind of at the top of this list, and not that there aren't good guys sprinkled in 
all over the place. And, 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 you know, that's where I, um, you know, I have kind of guys all over, um, you know, from top to bottom on, on my team and my defensive backfield. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I feel like you could put miles Burnside's on a list by himself, put him on a $6 line, put him, I mean, to me, that's, um, I don't know that there's been a better safety that's ever played at Northwest. That's my opinion. I'm sure Brandon, you'll disagree with me, but, um, I don't know. There's lots of, uh, lots of more physically gifted safeties. Absolutely. But again, it's, it's like he was playing chess and yes. other guys were yeah. playing checkers. Yes. He's like, like, just like Earth Bomber. Earth Bomber. Yeah. That's a great thing. Yep. You know, it's the same, um, same kind of thing. Um, you know how people like getting the zone? It was like he got in the zone at the end of his sophomore year and he never got out of it because yes. it wasn't like he, if, if you watched him play, it wasn't like he did anything different than anybody else. It's just like he had the cheat code for like where the, it was like he um, had a headset on and knew knew where it was going at the at the most opportune time. And you know what a sure tackler and what, I mean just all the all the little stuff you know and sure was fun to watch though I know that wow it was. And no good for if you were our opponents at all. I've never, I tell you, um, when the Bearcats won in 2009 and Miles got up on the stand and was emotional about it and showed some emotion. That was like uh, kind of emotional for me. I don't know him very well at all. I mean, I don't know if he would be able to point me out of, pick me up out of a lineup. I don't know that I, we said more than three words to each other, but he was kind of a quiet dude and um, for him to be that emotional about that win and like that, the, the relief of the win, uh, it was a, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, that's, that's a side note to this, uh, this exercise that we're doing today, but that I thought that was pretty awesome when he got excited about winning it. When you look at this list from top to bottom, and I mean, from top to bottom, on each line you have this. You have ultra talent. You have ultra. I mean, you have some that are more talented than others. You have some that have better footwork than others. You have some that um, are better tacklers than others. You have some that were more instinctual than others. But you have some that are crazy on each line that were so physical that, I mean, and then you have, you have others that were are technicians on each line that you could put on anybody's best receiver that maybe they weren't as fast as them, but they could cover them. And so it just like, just like all the other positions that we've talked about, it's just, these guys sometimes go a bit more unnoticed because of all the things that happen at the other levels in front of them. Um, and you know, when we do, when we do notice them, sometimes it's not for good reasons, but my goodness, I mean, there, there, there are people, there are people on, in the back end of this that you could have moved up to the, a position and played linebacker that would not have embarrassed themselves at all. I mean, there are big, 
D-backs that are on here. And there are guys that, that were so, so talented. Well, you look at this list and there's several that, that wore uniforms after, after they were Bearcats too. I mean, whether it was Canadian Football League or NFL. Mm-hmm. So, yep, they're there. Chris, thoughts on uh, on this list? No, I, I pretty much agree with what those guys said. Uh, I mean, it, we're, I mean, again, uh, embarrassment of riches with some of these guys, and I think maybe defensive back more than any other position group falls into that. You know, the stats can lie. You know, if, if you're yes. the best cornerback in the in the country, give a Dixon. You know, you don't get thrown at a whole lot, so it's hard to rack yeah. up interceptions. You don't get tackles. I mean, a lot of your things are coming in support of the run game, or coming up to help a, a some you know somebody else's crossing pattern comes into your zone or into your area after a catch. It's it's hard to rack up those numbers when you're a great defensive back. So sometimes the uh, guys, their stats don't necessarily show how good they were. Also. Um, I think Clint kind of touched on it. Also, what else was going on around them? Who got to play with great defensive lines and front sevens? Because if they're putting pressure on quarterbacks, that makes a defensive back's job so much easier. A, you don't have to cover as long. B, think of all the errant throws that creates so you get opportunities at interceptions, things like that. So defensive back's one of those ones. There's a lot of hidden thought when you start looking at who, who really was the best or who you might want to put on a team if you were building one and what style do you want to play who was better at man-to-man who was better at zone different things like that well that's good well let's well, let's talk about guy players that could be on the list and i'll start us again because because to me there's a name that's missing and although i have a list here of about five six guys that i think deserve or worth mentioning um, not as quite as many as I had written down for uh, for curious, linebackers. But, your list. I yeah. want you to say your list to see if the guy I have is on your list. So go go ahead, please. I want Foster Reddick. I mean, he's the ah, guy to me. Yeah. I think yeah. he's got to be on the list. Like to I me, agree. he's he's a safety that's um, yes. that's on here. Agreed. I mean, he's Agreed. not, I, but he should be. I I, yeah. I I totally agree. That 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 like to me, he's Stay. like. He's a four. He's a, he's a yeah. I'd probably put him as a four dollar safety. That's no probably less than three. No less yeah. than three. Well, I was just thinking. I mean, I'd probably put him at safety ahead of Nate DeYoung. Not to take anything away from Nate, of course. Not. I mean, goodness gracious, we got to stop being so polite because this is not an insult. If you're on this freaking list, it's a compliment. No matter yeah, if you're it's stud, you're stud. If you're on the list, right? yes. I mean, this. I mean, this. This isn't you know Lock Haven out of Pennsylvania. This is Northwest. <laughs> Three state so. uh, shots fired. Yeah. No, Luckily, not right. many Lockhaven uh, people listen to the podcast. Probably, so. probably not. Probably. You know, and, and I don't care if they are. Get better, and we'll cover you. It's amazing how that works. It's amazing every time. Um, we, it's amazing how few winning teams we have ignored. So uh, anyway, but yeah, Al Foster Reddick. That's the name for me, Matt. So you nailed it on the first one. Anybody else got any? I have a few. I'll, I'll mention them. I, I don't. I don't want to Go take ahead. every to steal everybody's thunder. Go ahead, so um, I can ridicule for them. A more okay. more recent guy, Jack Richards. I mean, he he was a very very solid safety in you know what 18, 19, 17. You know, so that, that's not bad because this list is corner heavy. Like if you it look is. at it, mm-hmm. it's truly corner heavy. But most go ahead. of the guys I have, like Kelly Williams, he's another safety. Loved um, Kelly Williams. Yes, that I had. Yeah, good player. Um, but corner wise, Chris LaFleur was a guy transferred in from Nebraska. He mm-hmm. was somebody that I have a friend of mine who's who was an MIAA starting receiver, 
and he said he was the toughest guy on that team. Like if he covered him, he couldn't get open. He said That's he was the best guy. cover corner that Northwest had at the time. Yeah, but Northwest was good at corner. I mean, let's be honest. There's a reason that Miles stands out. Is it because the he's you know first of all he's Miles, but second of all, it's not like there have been a ton of All American safeties from Northwest, and so you, we're talking a lot about corner and uh, and yes, that 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 is one of the reasons why. I think the two best safeties to me are, are Miles and Kevin Berg. I think those are the two hmm. best safeties on this list. Well, you're going to see what I think in in a while, but <laughs> but um, let's see who Justin Welch is another guy had another corner, but again, was, this list is corner yeah. heavy, so that's why I yeah. wrote down more safeties. How about you know, Damian Chumley? I mean, hey, thanks to him, he we had Dave Tolleston. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. yes. Um, you know, when you're talking about uh, talk about 06, um, you know, Diaz Calvert's on this list. He wasn't a starter at the beginning of the year. And he was all conference first team at the end of the year because of an injury there. That 06 defense was great. And, uh, you know, I know we're talking about missing players. And then, but when you, men, when you mentioned Welch, it made me think of Diaz. So um, for some reason, but I, uh, uh, that, that 06 defense was great. And, and Diaz was, uh, was certainly a part of that. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, you look at some guys who played different positions on here. Ed Ritchie, he was, I yep. think he played some corner and some safety. Bryce Inyard, who's right up there at the top, he right. played safety and corner. Really, I think if I remember right, in 15, he more got moved to corner because of injury issues or maybe inconsistent play or something. I, maybe he started a safety. I don't know. I guess we had Berg and Young. So maybe it was just to get them all on the field. But Bryce um, Inyard could have played running back if we needed him to. He could yeah. have played anywhere we needed him. He's mm-hmm. a great football player. Yes. Darcel Clark. Remember Darcel? Oh, yeah. That's, he, a, he, that's he, a good name. He's kind of in that, that era um, as, as a real good corner. So. I'm disappointed I left that name off my list, Brandon. Good. Good. It's fun to throw it back after, after I already had to catch one. So. Um. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess we, you know, we talked about this about as much uh, about seventy-two ways from Sunday. Are, are we ready to reveal our uh, our lists? Yes. All right. I, I I'll go I'll go first this time. Okay. Um. So how I built I want to talk about how I built my team, and then I'd love to hear kind of as we go through and reveal this how you guys put together your team because I started in the defensive backfield. Again, as I looked at this list and had my, you know, $33 to spend on 11 players, I, to me, um, I felt like in order to be better, I was going to have to spend more money on, on the defensive backfield as opposed to a defensive line and linebacker. I felt there were some really good, pl- I mean, listen, there's real good players at all over here. Like, like you said, Brandon, there's no insult to anybody. Exactly. If you're on this list, you're a stud. Okay. Um, hey, no, even if you're not on the list, sometimes. Well, you're yeah, a stud. if you're not on the list, you're a stud too. But as far as if when I'm talking about choosing and the depth and how <laughs> exactly. good guys are or whatever, um, it's certainly no insult to anybody. And so I spent about half my money on the defensive back of the field. I spent $15. Um, I started with Miles Burnsides, and uh, that was 
to me, I mean, that's where I was going to start no matter what. I mean, he's the, to me, the quarterback of the defense, whatever. I mean, he's, um, I felt like he was, was probably the, maybe one of the most important players on my defense that I'm putting together. Um, then I'll just kind of go down from the top. I went with Bryce Inyard, um, as, as a corner because he could play corner. He can play safety. Um, I mentioned Kevin Berg. I, I got him too off the $4 line. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's an, a, I, to me, he's the second best safety um, in, in this time period and on this list that we're talking about. And uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to, you know, go down the list a little bit, but I really like Gabe Helms. Um, you know, he's, he's not somebody that we mentioned yet. He was a first team all conference corner. I mean, we remember him as a kick returner in that open in the 2002 season running the kickback for a touchdown. Um, and uh, you know, on the, on the, on the opening kick, for the whole season and he led the conference and maybe even the nation. I know the, I know the MIAA for sure in kick returns that year, um, but he was a really good corner too. And so that's, that's where I went for my, uh, my defensive backfield Lanyard and Helms at the corners and, and Burnsides and Berg at the safeties. And then um, I, I kind of did this strangely. So then I went to my linebackers and um, I, you know, man, I, I, one guy that I really love is John Edmonds. I haven't mentioned him. I think he's underrated on this list. Um, and Brandon, I know you don't you don't agree with me, but on the one dollar line, I mean, me, he's properly rated. He, but again, uh, that's because of the the depth of the list. If, that's if, true. If, if, if we were, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> if, if, this I, Western, if this was a Missouri Western discussion, you'd be on the four or five. I mean, that's not that's not a shout out to Missouri Western. That's just the difference in the achievements of the programs. We happen to be talking about the greatest program of the last 23 years. And, that, and, that, that's the difference. And I'm just looking at him on the field. Right off the field, he won the, you know, basically academic Heisman. I think he was the first guy for Northwest to win that, win that award. The I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, the name of it, but the the Scholar Award, whatever. Jim Jones Award for the MIAA? Not the MIAA, but like the national oh. one. Um. Anyway, but he, I think he was the first player from Northwest ever to ever win that award. And so great student, great guy, but okay. I mean, he's a hell of a linebacker. And so I, uh, in, in Ward, I'm going to, I'm going to steal your thunder. I had to go Willie Horn. I mean, I think he's, I think he could easily have been moved up to the $3 line to me on the $2 line. It was a no brainer. I was, I was going with Willie Horn. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't have as many accolades as some of those other guys, but his athleticism, you know, he, he played with a guy like, you know, Chad Kilgore, who's going to, you know, get more notoriety than him and, and some other guys. And so, uh, and then I love Ben Harness on the $5 line. I, I had the money to spend on a linebacker. I honestly, it was kind of between him and Chad Kilgore as I was looking at it. And it was, you know, just, uh, sometimes you just, you just got to have some meanness on your team and that's where I want harness bringing that, bringing that meanness, bringing that edge, you know, just on the edge, maybe a little over it. You know, he did have a lot of uh, personal fouls back in the, in his day. And so then I went, uh, so, so harness horn and Edmonds are my three linebackers defensive line. I didn't have as much money to spend, but I didn't feel like I had to. Honestly. Well, you don't if you cheat like you're cheating. So no doubt. <laughs> and so, um, I started with Sean Paddock. Love him. $4. I feel like that's a great value. I felt like he 
you know, maybe he's not as as physically gifted or athletic as some of the guys on the five dollar line, but I think if you put him on the five dollar line, you can make a pretty solid case for that. His motor's um, to the ceiling. He's got a he had a ten dollar motor whenever a play needed to be made in a big game. Yes. Sean Paddock made was, that play. He was going to make it 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, and again, you know, as, I, as I'm looking at, at value and guys that I just wanted on my D-line, Spencer Phillips, MIAA Defensive Player of the Year for two bucks. Yes, please. I'll take that. And we talked about Cass Weidel. He got a lot of attention. So I'm sure I, I'll be shocked if at least two, two of the other three of you don't have him on, on your D-line, at least one of you for sure. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, Cass Weidel. So, so I mean, those are just guys, him and Spencer Phillips are guys that I wanted. And so then I'm like, okay, what do I have left? I have $2 left. I need an interior guy. Give me Shane Shane. And so, um, but but I felt like, you know, whether I had three, two, one, whatever, I, I, I was going to have a good, <laughs> a good defensive line um, either way. So, so uh, Weidel and Paddock along with Spencer Phillips and Shane Shade on my, uh, on my D line. So that's my team, fellas. Uh, Chris, or Chris, I'll uh, I'll go. I'll kick it to you next and let you uh, talk about how you put your defense together. Well, yours is a hundred percent wrong, and you cheated. So um, <laughs> yes. So Chris, did you like Brandon? I'm going to tell you the right answers. Uh, did you stay in budget on each position yes, group? Yes. Okay. Well, until today, the day of recording, Fro didn't tell us that it was going to be a total $33 defense. He sent out these three separate lists that have their own values on them. And thus yeah. I said, well, I have $12 to spend on a D-line and whatever the other ones were. So I, unlike the self-proclaimed rule follower that Matt Daniel is, <laughs> I actually followed the rules. Sort of, kind of. I, I may have bent the rules just a hair, but you guys can decide if I did that or not. Well, Ward, 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 I'm proud of you, and I'm not holding you in the same disdain that I'm currently holding Matt. So, please, well, I'm, I'm very excited to hear your, your team, okay? I appreciate that, and I started at the other end of the spectrum. I started up front because I'm a guy that loves to have a defense that attacks, attacks, attacks. I'm a put pressure on the quarterback kind of – that's my thought process in defense. And I also did two different defensive lines based on if I'd play a four – a four three or a three four. Uh, if I was going four three in this thing, uh, I put up. I took Colin Blevins first off, five dollar guy. Uh, you're talking about the all time sack leader, which was my first note. He has 34 sacks. The next closest guy is at 30 and a half. That's a pretty comfortable margin when you're talking career sack numbers. A uh, guy with a motor like that. Uh, he leads, led the all time in tackles for loss. Uh, he has three of the five best single game sack games in our school's history. Uh, he's just one of those guys with a motor. He's a dude you can build the rest of your defensive round. I like guys that play on the other side of the ball when it, when you're talking defensive linemen. He was great. Um, uh, you mentioned, we talked to Cats Weidel already. Uh, again, that senior season he had that value at one dollar. Um, my daughter would be very, very mad at me if I did not pick Cass Weidel for my team. She, that's her favorite Bearcat of all time. She called him Thor for his entire career. Um, and, and I, I still just, call I him Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Early Cass certainly had that Thorish look to him. Um, but uh, he's one of those guys. I loved his motor. I loved what he did. So I felt like he was a great value there at $1. Uh, then I kicked inside, and I thought Kyle Kaiser at three bucks was a steal for a defensive tackle for a guy like that. And then uh, Ryan Waters I put on 
for my uh, my my four down lineman kind of set. If I went three though, I kind of switched it out. Instead of Colin, I went with Dave. If I was going to go a three four, just because I like Dave's size a little bit more to be more of a big defensive end. Because again, like we talked about, he played inside a bit in the NFL, so you know he could do that kind of come inside a little bit. Let the the rush linebacker maybe on that side. Uh, I would have paired him up with uh, Williams and Elijah Green if I was going three four and and really get uh, some meat in the middle, and then Elijah with his speed on the other side of Dave. I thought that would be a good combination. So depending on how you want to structure your defense, those are the lines Chris, I would have taken. Chris, I, I'm curious. What would be your 3-4? Like, it, What would be your three-down lineman in 3-4 without a budget? Oh, man, without a budget? Yeah. Uh, I mean, whew. Uh, I, I think I'd still go with Dave uh, as, my, as my bigger end, just again because of his skill to go inside a little bit as well and mm-hmm. he got tackles. Um Man, I might have to grab Zach Howard in there and maybe move him around inside, put a couple pounds on him and move him in a little bit. Um, and then I don't think he could go wrong with either Long, Longacre or Paddock on the, on the other side. Blevins, I mean, there, there really is no wrong answer. I'm the, the $4 and $5 line. Pick three of those guys and go. Yeah, I, I was just curious because I, I was thinking I was thinking a different set of guys to work in the 3-4. And Tolson was one. I was I would put, probably put Steve Williams in the middle – and the other one's going to probably be Sam Roberts or maybe Matt Longacre. But if I was going to go three, four, I'd go with those three without a budget. Probably Roberts, Tolleson, and Williams. That's a good answer. I like it. Yeah. Um, my linebacker core, I wouldn't have changed either way. This is where I, I might have cheated with just the three columns. I would have had and picked four guys. Uh, Fro okay. kind of did steal a little bit of my thunder because obviously Willie Horn is my favorite defensive Bearcat of all time. Well, that's uh, awesome. At, I didn't know that. At $2, that guy, I, I'm taking him. He again, and, if, and the fact that you get Willie for 2 bucks, and right along with him comes first ballot Hall of Fame Bearcat fan, Willie Horn's mom. I mean, why would <laughs> yes. you not take Willie Horn at $2? Yes. Willie Horn's the greatest value on the, in the entire exercise here today. Give me Willie Horn best two bucks all day Willie long. Horn. Willie Horn has the best smile in Bearcat history. I, I would not argue. I would not argue. I think yeah. you might have some other guys in the conversation, but I'm not going to argue. I love Willie You Horn. know, you guys remember uh, in Major League whenever uh, the Dorn – or uh, not Dorn, uh, Jake, uh, Jake is up to bat and the guy hey, they haven't cut you yet. I, I bet I asked, told Willie Horn a hundred times in, in his career, Willie, they ain't cut you yet. He was <laughs> every time. He is so awesome. Anyway, yeah. sorry to interrupt again, Chris. No, but it's absolutely. Fun. I'll take Good any dude. Willie Horn story I can ever get. I love that guy. Um, I'm with Fro. I think John Edmonds is underrated. I don't necessarily say I would put him on like a four or five line, but I think you could easily move him up to a two or three dollar line. Uh, so I took John Edmonds, two-time All-MIAA player, obviously had the brain. He had that big – as nice as a guy as he was. He was physical. He was, he was going to bring that little bit of meanness for you. So I felt like I got some pretty good value at three bucks if you gave me a, a Willie Horde and a John Edmonds, and I haven't really spent much of my budget there. Uh, so I jumped up and took Chad Kilgore. I mean, that dude was everywhere and had a motor like nobody's business. Uh, three-time all-conference guy. I mean, he's kind of a duh kind of selection when, you, when, you, when you're looking at this group. And since I had still had a buck left, I loved my boy Troy Tisdale. Uh, I mean, the guy that made some big plays. Uh, that would give me my my fourth linebacker for a 3-4 if I wanted to go that way. Give me a substitute coming in for a 4-3 kind of setup. So I got four linebackers for the prescribed, uh, for the prescribed money. I thought that was a pretty good steal. 
Um, also, I'd like to point out that it's C-O-R-P-S. I wasn't sure if he was talking about Arm Corps or Body Corps or Leg Corps or if this came up with the Marine Corps or how that worked. But uh, that was a, that was a office joke for you, bro. <laughs> nice. Love All it. Right. Just, Love just, it. Uh, and the defensive backs, um, I went with uh, Thing 1. Brandon Dixon is where I started there, $5. I, I mean, I think you had to go. If you're going to get a shutdown quarter, I mean, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. But uh, I was always partial to Brandon for whatever reason. Uh, we talked about Bryce Inyard earlier. I think that guy is, is one of the great all-time defensive backs we had, one of those guys that could do a little bit of both things. So maybe you need him as a slot D-back. Maybe you need him as a safety. Maybe you need him as your off-corner. You could do all kinds of things with him. Uh, I'm a huge Gabe Helms fan, so I stole him at $2 because I'd gotten kind of expensive early on. And then uh, with one buck left, I, I always liked Quentin Womack. I always thought he was a, kind of an underrated player, uh, not – necessarily a superstar kind of guy but a good guy down there at a one or two dollar kind of deal he's on the one line i thought he was a good value at one dollar for what i had left perfect very nice clint all right i'm i can go either way here i can go with uh by by position or i can go to the 33 dollar total so uh, you know what clint i'm gonna have more respect for you if you follow the rules like i did and do well, it by position so so way. here's the thing while you were talking chris i did go through and i redid a list that i will share at the very end here of where i followed the rules within each position group just for you brandon so maybe i could earn just Thank a modicum you know I mean? of respect okay. back from now, I understand all right the only reason i'm objecting to you doing it that way is because i didn't get to do it that way if if i broke the rules too i'd be completely okay with you doing it so is, <laughs> well is the reason i felt okay to make a second list is because you did it the last time so i did we were... <laughs> i didn't know the rules yeah so. the only reason i like my 33 dollar total one is i get to include Fifteen dollars worth of D backs. That man, I because I can't get Ryan Jones on there without doing it the thirty three dollar total one, and I, I think he is was he such was, a good player that two thousand seven D two football dot com defensive player of the year. I think that it's awfully hard. I think I think if you polled our opposition and they knew our personnel as well as we do, they they would have him so high on any list of, of players that we've ever put out there that you'd be surprised. But um so I'll go away from him, but I wanted to mention him because it kind of I'll tell you a funny Ryan Jones story. So I was I was amongst the D backs and I was just ridiculing them about how they'll get like burned like 10 times in a game and then they'll make a pass to break up on one play and then they'll do the safe or the no fly zone sign. And I go, that annoys me so much. And right, that's all we need. <laughs> so I always really, that's all we need. <laughs> that's all we need. So, all right. So when I built the $33 list, I did it from D backs to, uh, to, uh, D line. Um, so I kind of went backwards just to kind of go there and then I'll get off that. But so it doesn't really matter if you go position by position, which way you go. And I did not do three, four and four, three. Um, so I just, I just went exactly how it was laid out for us. So I'll start with D line. And um, I, obviously you could, you can get up there and get all over the $5 line. And, and those are some great people. And when I did the total, I did do that, um, and because I, I really think that um, 
when I looked at, and I, I mentioned this, I don't remember if it was on air or off air, but um, I was talking about a Missouri Western game that I happened to be down where we went off of the sideline and we were down at halftime and we came as a game that we came back and won. And I'll never forget. I think it was we were maybe 17, nothing down or whatever it was. But I remember looking in Matt Longacre's eyes as he walked by me going, Oh my God, I, I'm glad I'm not in the locker room. I'm even more glad that I'm not lined up across from him in the second half and, and bad things happened to his, his opponents. So, he doesn't make my list, though, when I when I have to do it um, without having extra budget that I can throw in up there on the D-line. So with that, no further ado, ado I'll, I'll go down through what I ended up with. So I ended up with, with uh, Sam Phillips um, – no, Sam Roberts on the $4 line, just going back to what, uh, what Coach talked about and I think his potential and the fact that he can play – uh, inside or out. Um, I just thought that, that, uh, I, I think that his potential and his disruptiveness at any time, especially if you can put these other guys that we're going to mention on the same line with him, where he couldn't be double and triple teamed the, the entire game, which I think he, he got a whole lot of, um, makes him a, an even more special player. So I went, I went with Sam Roberts. Then I dropped down to the $3 line and went uh, Elijah Green coming off the season that he had and also his flexibility to play inside or out. I think that um, I think that on the $3 line, he was a very good value. I stayed on the $3 uh, line. Actually, no, I dropped, I dropped down and got Ryan Waters after that. Actually, you know, no, he was on the $3 line. Got Ryan Waters there. And then I dropped down to uh, the $2 line that, that kept me at $12 and took Austin SU needing another uh, outside player for sure. Um, Austin, Austin was All-American that really kind of was the, the leader of one of the two best statistical defenses that we ever had. And um, he did that switching positions. He, you know, really only played defense two years and um, became a really special player that probably statistically, I don't know that he would have been ready to play until his junior year physically. He was kind of an undersized guy. But when you talk about motors and uh, people that, you know, really impacted games in a positive way, we've been pretty blessed with Elijah Green and, and he local players that that did that, I think, at a level that is pretty high. And then going back to Sam again, I think that he was a generational talent that we were really lucky to get to see play at Northwest. So that's my my D-line. Linebacker-wise, um, I went with impressive speed. I think that, uh, you know, when you, when you look at, them as a whole, again, you can't really go wrong, but Chad Kilgore stood out to me as a guy, you know, it's a three-time all-conference guy, a guy that uh, had opportunities to play in the league, maybe yep. more so than anybody else we've had. That probably happens for a reason. And um, the player, then he's on the $5 line, the player that reminds me the most of him 
After that was Jackson Barnes. And I think he was an incredible value at, at $3. Um, played very much like Chad Kilgore with a little less size, but the same speed and the same impact on games. And then I like Troy Trisdell as well. I thought that he made some of the best plays, most important impact plays, maybe when you look at over his career um, that have happened in, in, in our time watching it. So we needing a $1 player. He was my pick over John Edmonds. I, I came down to those two and I'm like, well, one of the two. And when I needed somebody to play outside along with Jackson, if, if, uh, Kilgore played in the middle. So I moved moved Jackson to the outside, kind of where he played earlier in his career before he moved inside. So that was my thought there. Um, the D-backs, I uh, thought that you you have to go with with Burnside being the best. You know, kind of like my, my thoughts on Oman on uh, offense. I think you really kind of have to start there defensively with him. Uh, he was a savant playing in the middle and just the plays that he made. I think that his impact was what it was. Then I think uh, this is where I, I really kind of went with Swiss Army knife thing with, with your I thought he was too good of a player that you could play at corner depending on how you wanted to, to formulate the rest of it. So that left me with $3 after I chose those two who I thought, I think those two are so good that they were worth kind of, if you want to say blowing the budget, but but getting to there and then kind of figuring out what you could do from there. And so from there, I looked at, at Jack Young on the $2 line and I'm like, I'll take the crazy guy here that can just fly around and make plays now that I have Burnsides to kind of make up for any anything that happens and just turn him loose and let him go. And uh, I think that the havoc he could have uh, created in that situation might have been uh, a lot of fun to watch. And so with my $1 left, I took maybe a player that we haven't talked about yet, who I think is one of the most underrated on this entire list in, in Coach Clayton. And uh, if you go back to before he hurt his knee, I think he was going to be one of the best cover corners that, that we ever had. I remember when that injury happened, I thought, oh, man. And it just, you know, he was a great player. I just would have liked to seen had he stayed completely healthy all the way through his career, what he, what he would have been. And so smart and um, obviously, you know, such an important part of our program to this day. And um, I just thought for a dollar, you, you can't go wrong picking him there. So that's how I ended up. I go back. I went back and did it like 10 more times. And my team looked so different each time that I don't, I don't even know how I ended up with that being the list that I chose, but that's where it ended up. I'm glad you brought up coach Clayton. Yeah. He's a guy that we didn't mention walk on. He wasn't recruited to play anywhere in college and he it went and walked on at Northwest and yeah, you know, I mean, what, what a, what a ride it's been not only as a player. Yeah. I mean, if he wouldn't have got injured, he's uh, you know, he, he would definitely, you know, he would have been a three-year starter essentially. And, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned him, Clint. So, uh, Brandon, I was, all right. I, I was 15 feet from him when he hurt that knee and I just saw it happen in real time. It is new. Like right saw it. What's that? I was sitting right behind where you were. 
Okay. I'm surprised you could see if I was standing there. <laughs> <laughs> on the that would have been on the south end of Emporia States Field on Absolutely about the 20 about the yard, line. yard line, maybe. Yep. After an interception. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I just saw it come down and buckle, and I was like, "Oh no!" And he is what a. I, I guess I'm old enough, but what a great kid. I mean, he has always been that that great person, and you know, we're lucky to have him at, as a coach. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Brandon. It's your All time. right. Well, what's amazing is that I am, don't need to break a single rule, and I still have a dollar left over, and I still have the best team. It's absolutely amazing how this happened. I, all right. I, I just I, – I just – I don't know how I can be so good. And I, I literally did this like 10 minutes before the show started. So, all right, but no, okay, enough, enough of that. Um, I always work D-line first. Um, Jake, Jake Olufsen is on there. $5 player, $10 person. Love Dave. Um, I went with uh, Steve Williams, which, you know, usually if you have, it's hard to have a five and a four on the same team, you know, or on the same position group, because that leaves you with 12 or I'm sorry, you know, when you have a total of 12. So I have $3. Um, yeah. $3 left. Um, $2. I went with Shane shade on the interior. And then the, the best value that we've all talked about was Cass Weidel as a $1, $1 in, you know, what's amazing though, or what's funny is how we're, we're, you know, Northwest operates with an end and a stud format on defense, or at least they used to before Rich was there. And we were, we're all like picking two studs or two ends or whatever. We're not actually balancing it out like they would have. But uh, on the linebacking core, um, I went first with underrated $4 player, Tom Smith, who should have been number one or should have been a $5. Uh, then um, – this one is an emotional pick for me because let me go to number one first, uh, or I'm sorry, the last one. I actually started the whole linebacking core with DJ, uh, with uh, Troy Tisdall because he was a dollar. And I'm like, goodness gracious, a player of that caliber, right. of that intelligence. Uh, he's yep. physical. He's big, six, three, six, four, at least long. All right. I said, if I can get here from, from a, for a dollar, I can go in a lot of different ways working backwards from that. And that's what I decided to do. Then my next pick was Thomas Smith, who I said should have been a uh, a $5 player, but instead he's a four, and that, that's fine. And that meant I had $4 left. And I was looking at the, the $4 line, and good goodness gracious, I love Adam Long. But – I don't know that I've ever personally liked a linebacker and got to know him better than I did DJ Nader. And, and in addition, part of the, the, the thought process with this is the incredible speed of Thomas Smith and DJ Nader. And then even Troy Tisler is not as fast, but still pretty good athlete. But Smith and Nader are incredibly fast in the linebacking court. So I spent $9 there. 
All right, then move to the secondary. I went with Brandon Dixon because I think he's the best corner that we've ever had. I thought he was going to shut down whatever, um, whatever's across from him, and he pretty much did. Uh, I've operated both of these teams, offense and defense, under the assumption that we're playing football today with today's sensibilities. And so like you guys have talked about, I went with some guys that I thought had positional flexibility. And so Bryce Inyard was the the guy. You, we've all talked about it. And maybe since we all picked him, maybe Bryce Inyard's a four, or at least most of Maybe he's a five and not a four. I don't know. Or maybe he's a four and a half. But we've all talked about how valuable he is. I think at least three of us have picked him. Uh, so, um, and again, okay, I started this one backwards looking for value first. And a player that I suggested be added to this group was Quentin Womack. And so how at $1, I thought that's a very good second corner for that price. Um, you know, I feel like he's just a better value than, than $1, probably more like a, a three or a 3.5 type, type corner. And then, so I had Womack and Dixon on the outside. And I had Bryce Inyard as as a safety, but he can play corner safety wherever he needs to. So I, I also so I was looking for another guy who could play safety. I've got two dollars left, and so you're looking. I'm looking at the two dollar line. Jack Young's there, all right. Um, Eddie Ritchie's there, and then I actually went with Travis Manning and saved one. I still have one dollar left. Uh, I felt like he gave me that same flexibility that I needed. Uh, that I had with the other guys that if he had to play corner in, in a certain situation, or if they, you know, somebody came out and really spread the defense that he can do that. And uh, so I've got a dollar left and maybe I'll spend that on Matt Robertson. Who's not on the, uh, on the list and he can play linebacker for me, but uh, that is where I came out uh, with this particular exercise. Very good. Well, let me, so, so I, like I said, I put together a list following, I don't know, I guess the rules, but, uh, um, positionally spending, spending the money, um, just allocated to each group. Um, I'll start with D line. Um, and due to the value at the bottom of the list, I went and I love you, Dave. He's probably mad at me for not picking him before. So, uh, Dave Tollison, Colin Bevins, give me those two dudes. Um, so there's 10 of my $12, but I want Cass Weidel again for a dollar and, uh, Josh Lawrence. And I want him, uh, for a dollar. So who'd, who'd you go with there? Tollefson and Bevins and, and Weidel. So you kicked Bevins inside. Yeah. Okay. And then Weidel and Lawrence and all. Or the, you could or move or Dave ball. inside or whatever you wanted to do. Like there's a lot of, there's flexibility within okay. those guys to kind okay. of do whatever. So um that's that's why yeah I feel, well, I feel by like a senior year cast was pretty big too if you needed to slide him around more towards the middle of the two outside you probably stunt yeah. those guys on a you know, on a third and 10 third and 15 you know i mean you can do you can do some twists and all kinds all kinds well, of fun well, stuff well, the key to getting to third and 10 was the second and i'm sorry third and 15 is the second and 10 where you had a sack you mm -hmm. know so but uh, yeah, I, I, I would just see how you're going with that. Cause I would have, 
and that, I would always keep Dave on the outside, even though he played it. He played inside in in uh, in the NFL, or could play inside in the NFL. I just I always liked him on the outside. But well, to uh, me, Bevins, hard. especially before he got hurt, is one of the most. Other than Sam Roberts, I think him and Sam Roberts, physically gifted wise, um, are, yeah. are maybe the two, probably the two most, in my mind anyway, the two most physically gifted guys. And I th- I feel like you could do either one. I like Sam Roberts inside personally. I mean, I, I didn't have him in this part. Better inside. And that's where he yeah. has in the NFL. You know, well, and the and the too. beauty part, if you've got guys that can do that, is is the ability to move around, play to play, and, and that really mm-hmm. you know starts to mess with offensive lines. And where is this guy? And that's another thing for them to think about. I mean, you start getting into the chess part of football then, and when you have that flexibility to move those guys around and, and make offenses adjust to you a little bit. Absolutely. Um, then linebacker wise, had my nine dollars to spend. Um, I went. I, I I still went with Willie Horn at two dollars. Of course you did. Exactly. And then uh, Adam Long, MIAA Defensive Player of the Year, paired him with another MIAA Defensive Player of the Year, Jared Erspommer. Um, yep. And, and I, I just went with those guys. I didn't necessarily do it positionally, but I feel like any of those guys, um, Willie absolutely can play anywhere, any of those three linebacker positions, however you want to go, go with that. And, um, then my secondary, I was actually able to keep the same minus one guy. So, so I, I just subbed out Jack Young for Miles Burnside, who I know I said you know was the most important, whatever. But, but him and Kevin Berg, I don't know, um, I don't know that we've had a better safety combination. I mean, I love Al Foster Reddick with Miles, um, but, but uh, and especially that played with as much swagger as Berg and Young played with. Those guys played with as much swagger and confidence. Than, than about anybody. And then corners, I stuck with Inyard and Helms. I, I think it's easy to have that much swagger when Bevins and Weidel and Yost yeah. are killing everybody up front. You're like, you know, dude, I don't even have to cover you. I, I'm not going to move this play, and it doesn't matter. That That's what was so awesome about being a safety when Kevin Berg was playing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if they and if, if they can't get you, Volstead will roll over the top and kill you. So, I mean, that, that, those defenses were just stupid. Yeah, this is ridiculous. But this was fun. Like, I think I enjoyed, I mean, the offense was fun too, but I think I enjoyed this one um, maybe more. And I think, I don't know, I think I, we were talking about it before. I think we all were looking forward to this, but I definitely was. And the, doing the defense was a lot of fun. There just, there's so many right answers. There's so many, I mean, you can't, you, like I said, I think I did this like six or seven times and I kept having different teams and, I liked each one as good or better, depending on what what mood I was in, what I wanted to do. You know, I'm they're just so good. Yeah, I look good. at my thirty three dollar one now, and I, I the one like you picked first. I I really like that team a lot better than the other one. Now that I now I've listened to you guys because my linebackers I was Jackson Barnes. Willie Horn and Trisdale again, mm-hmm. and my secondary that allowed me to get to Burnside's Inyard, Ryan Jones and Clayton with with Longacre and Sam and Eskew and Cass Weidel in the front of that. Good luck against that defense. I mean that, yeah. No we talk good. about Ryan Jones. Like I, I see Brandon. That's where I would disagree with you. I think Ryan Jones is the best corner during okay. this time. 
man on man if you need somebody to shut somebody down. Not that, not that I always like Brandon Dixon a little more, also. Yeah, um, the both the Dixons were in the NFL both, for multiple years. Yeah, I think Brian had the better. I think he was with, was he the one? I don't know. I don't, one was I don't with remember. the Bucks. One was Brandon, with the Saints. Brandon was the better college player. Maybe Brian was the better. Yeah, pro I think player. Brian I had a longer pro career. I mean, by a year or two or something. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't, you can't really go wrong. Um, you know what's funny is like you know Daryl Ridley. I don't know if we brought up Daryl, but he was on the three dollar defensive back line. If he if he were five eleven instead of the listed five nine. You know, you know, he, he was a great player as well, but uh, he, you know, it's his size that would probably keep him off any of our lists. Uh, but, you know, he, he was a good player too, but it's just, it's, it's a lot of good players. You know, I, you know, I'm such a, a contrarian and, and like to be hypercritical and, and grumpy about stuff. And, you know, if I'm somebody else, a fan from a, different school listen to this i'm probably throwing up but you know <laughs> just these are just, just so many good players and that even my you know desire to be critical of everything and everybody and take a different opinion it's hard not to you know it's hard to do that it's hard to execute that plan whenever you've got great players that are two dollar players and one dollar players it's just it's it's very hard Here, well, here's one for you Let's ahead, let's put them all everybody offense and defense that we have on all these lists in their prime, their best season. Put them all in practice at the same time, and which ones would end up being the starters? Well, it's it's funny you said that because I was. <laughs> I was literally just thinking how great it would be to have somebody run one of those Madden Sims or whatever, put all this into there and just put all these teams against each other and see how that might have played out uh, given you know so much great talent that we've all put together on these teams. I mean, it'd be fun. To, I mean, the games might be 0-0 or they might be 70-69 to because I mean, just the All-Stars, I mean, it, it, would just be, it would be a lot of fun to see these teams go against each other. No, I, mean, I, I mean, as a coach, I don't even know what you do. You just have to sit there tough. and go, man, flip a mm-hmm. coin, draw, yeah. uh, draw numbers. Who, who covers Jake Soy? That's my question. Brandon Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shuts him down. He yeah, might not be off the line of scrimmage. I, I don't know. I, what happened? Brandon, Brandon had the length. Like, he was what an NFL corner, what they wanted, wanted to look like. I mean, yeah, so he, he might get his hands on Jake, and it, he might not leave the line of scrimmage. I say Jake also right might go past him and it. score a touchdown on a fade. I, I don't know. Well, but, but you know that's that's funny how this works out because maybe they can't cover Jamaica as a freshman either. You know, because they're different kind of players, and Jamaica's yep. speed was elite before he hurt his knee. I mean, sure. he was good enough to go to the NFL with with after a knee problem. Yep. He was nuts before the knee. I have a good uh, suggestion for John. I, I, I have two different suggestions just because Matt needs more content, I guess. But I think he should do the same thing uh, where you have to build a roster with a budget and do it by coaching era. So Mel Churchman. Adam Doral, Rich Wright. So choose one of them. That's what? Six more pieces of content for him. All right. 
I also think it'd be interesting to put a two deep together with no budget just to see who everybody thinks the best, you know, two players are at every one position or four. I think that would be interesting as well. That's my only because, you know, as somebody who gets suggested things all the time and who's irritated because people don't realize how much you work on this and how little time there is. I just wanted John to have to do some more things. And <laughs> you know, with all that spare time he has, I think those would be some great ideas for him. Well, I mean, we are coming up on media day in the current, so maybe that'll be an off uh, next off season. Kind of there you go. Got his, got his summer planned out for him next year. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, you know, one guy we didn't talk about defensive backfield. And I think probably the only, um, I don't know, current player that's got a pretty strong argument would be Khalil Smith. Um, you know what? He's going into being a junior. He's already a two-time first-team All-MIAA player. He's been All-American. Um, I know he gets some hate. Um, I don't know. Maybe not hate, but some criticism from the fan base, certainly. What's the um, criticism? You know, because you, you're out on an island and, you know, sometimes you give up big plays. Because a good player made a good play against him? That's the criticism? I mean – if if that's the case, they just need to stop showing up to games. I mean, did that's, you forget that's, what fan base you're talking about? I was gonna say, dude, like, like I could criticize. <laughs> we could spend another hour and a half on here about how ridiculous the fan base is. Sometimes. I mean, if the expectation is perfection, you're gonna be disappointed every time. Every time. You know, frankly, I used that quote. You, I heard that from you. I don't. I'm sure you didn't make it up. I don't know. Maybe you did. If you did, kudos. But no, I just thought of it right now. I, mean, um, I probably heard it somewhere else. I'm not very smart. So, but 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 anyway, I have used I have used that before. Okay, that's so pretty uh, good. So, if if Khalil Smith doesn't uh, make a one one handed interception at Emporia, yeah, what what happens after that day? That there's a whole chapter of Northwest football that that, that there's a lot of ends, right? Like no no playoffs. Yeah, that doesn't get written. The streak is broken. Yep. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think that streak is wonderful. I think it is an absolutely outstanding. You know, obviously it's a measure of of success and consistency, and I I think that is as impressive as. The champ, not maybe not the championship appearances, but uh, I mean it, it's it's, it's incredible, it's incredible. I mean, you know, it, it, there are there are kids being born or kids playing today that easily were not born the last time Northwest missed the playoffs. Their entire lives, the Bearcats have been in the playoffs. Those people That's, are legal drinkers. well i mean yeah i mean they could be kid you know they could be you know what seth wants kids on the team now and so pierce and so you know it just barely missed you know seth what graduated no two so three is the last time we make the plus i mean that's real close you could realistically have sons of players that played in the streak playing on the team you know, that's wow, that's insane. Too. That's amazing right there. I hope not, because that means they're reproducing way too young, but it's possible. <laughs> oh, well, guys, appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, and yeah, I tell John to get to work for uh, 
for the next off season. We'll have, uh, we'll have plenty more stuff to talk about. Yep. So, but anyway, you know. thanks. Thanks all three of you. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, um, and who knows, hopefully we can do something like this again soon. Yeah. Hopefully we'll talk kickers with Brandon very soon. Welcome back in here to Bleeding Green. A big thank you to the four guys that made this episode possible. No, one of them is not me. I'm not thanking myself or referring to myself in third person. John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum, who, by the way, I don't talk about it because it's not really relevant to this podcast, but does a great job with all of the high school sports and local sports and things that he covers. He does such a great job, not just the Bearcat stuff, but he is. He's kind of doing some positional breakdowns that he's been doing lately. So uh, I definitely encourage you to to go use your your free views. You get a few of them a month of different articles you can read, but it's absolutely worth the subscription. I pay for the subscription, and I basically just read the, the Bearcat content. I find it very worth it. So, And, of course, I am biased because John's a friend of mine, but I do respect the heck out of him, and he does a great job. So, But I am not impartial either, so <laughs> so there's that. But, boy, Brandon, laying it out there, John, you got a big offseason next season. He, already, he was already scheduling it out for you. But, of course, I have to thank Clint and Chris and Brandon as well. It's been a lot of fun, and I think we'll be back to probably talk some uh, some special teams. I don't know. Brandon's maybe not super thrilled, but I know Chris and I are. I mean, Clint was a punter, so I assume he is. <laughs> I assume he is as well. But uh, some good stuff. I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm also excited about MIAA Media Day coming up the 25th. I will, of course, be there. By late afternoon, early evening, you will have content and a new episode to listen to with interviews with all of the Bearcat captains. If tradition holds true, I assume they will all be there, as well as Coach Wright. Probably have some audio from Coach Lamberson and Coach Doral. And I think even Coach T is going to be there. So who knows? Maybe I'll corner him for a few minutes and talk. Uh, you know, it's never a bad time when you get to talk to Mel. So good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I'm uh, I'm starting to get excited about the team. I'll be talking about the preseason poll. Of course, the preseason polls will be um, will be released that day. Haven't got them yet. Haven't voted. Am I going to go with the Bearcats number one? That's the big question, and I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Haven't really decided yet. But uh, you probably know the answer to that. But who knows? Maybe not. Well, that's going to do it for another episode, a bonus edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Don't forget, be kind, because kindness makes a difference. And as always, go Bearcats. Go Bearcats!